Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about the function of the placenta. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash function of the placenta or in the reproductive system section of the Zero to Finals Obs and Gynae book. So let's get straight into it. We're going to talk about the five functions of the placenta. The placenta has a respiration function, a nutrition function, an excretion function, an endocrine function, and an immunity function. So let's start with respiration. The placenta is the only source of oxygen for the growing fetus. The fetal hemoglobin has a higher affinity for oxygen than adult hemoglobin. The fetal hemoglobin is essentially more attractive to oxygen molecules than the maternal hemoglobin. As a result, when maternal blood and fetal blood are nearby in the placenta, oxygen is drawn off the maternal hemoglobin across the placental membrane onto the fetal hemoglobin. And this is how the fetus gets its oxygen. Carbon dioxide, hydrogen ions, bicarbonate and lactic acid are also exchanged in the placenta, allowing the fetus to maintain a healthy acid-base balance. Next, let's talk about nutrition. All of the nutrition of the fetus comes from the mother. This nutrition is mostly in the form of glucose, which is used for energy and growth. The placenta can also transfer vitamins and minerals to the fetus, as well as potentially harmful substances if the mother is consuming medications, alcohol, caffeine or cigarette smoke. Next, let's talk about excretion. The placenta forms a similar function to the kidneys in a child or an adult, filtering waste products from the fetus. These waste products include urea and creatinine. Next, the endocrine function. Firstly, let's talk about human chorionic gonadotropin. The syncytiotrophoblast produces HCG. HCG levels increase in early pregnancy, they plateau around 10 weeks gestation, and then they start to fall. The clue to the function of human chorionic gonadotrophin is in the name. It's produced by humans, it comes from the chorion, and it's a gonadotropin, meaning it stimulates the gonads. The role is to maintain the corpus luteum until the placenta can take over the production of estrogen and progesterone. So human chorionic gonadotrophin goes to the ovaries and stimulates the corpus luteum to continue producing progesterone and estrogen. HCG can cause symptoms of nausea and vomiting in early pregnancy. High levels of HCG occur with multiple pregnancies, for example twins, and also with molar pregnancies. HCG is the hormone that pregnancy tests look for in order to confirm a pregnancy. Next, estrogen. The placenta produces oestrogen which helps to soften tissues and make them more flexible. Oestrogen allows the muscles and the ligaments of the uterus and the pelvis to expand and the cervix to become soft and ready for birth. It also enlarges and prepares the breast and the nipples for breastfeeding. Finally, progesterone. The placenta mostly takes over the production of progesterone 
from the corpus luteum after five weeks of gestation. The role of progesterone is to maintain the pregnancy. It causes relaxation of the uterine muscles, preventing contraction and labour, and it maintains the endometrium. Progesterone also causes side effects by relaxing other muscles, for example the lower esophageal sphincter causing heartburn, the bowel causing constipation, and the blood vessels causing hypotension, headaches and skin flushing. Progesterone also raises the body temperature between 0.5 and 1 degrees Celsius. Finally, let's talk about the immunity function of the placenta. The mother's antibodies can transfer across the placenta to the fetus during pregnancy. These antibodies allow the fetus to benefit from the long-term immunity of the mother during the pregnancy and shortly after birth. An example of this is with recurrent genital herpes, where the mother's antibodies to the herpes virus cross the placenta and protect the baby from the herpes infection during labour and delivery, preventing infection around birth. This protection does not occur during the initial episode of genital herpes as the mother does not yet have antibodies against the herpes virus in order to offer the fetus protection. For this reason we need to be very cautious during an initial episode of genital herpes in pregnancy whereas recurrent episodes of genital herpes in pregnancy are not so much of a problem because the fetus is protected from infection by the maternal antibodies. So thanks for listening to this episode on the function of the placenta. A big thank you as always to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you do find the podcast helpful, I'd be really grateful for a rating or a review on whichever podcast app you use. This is very motivating for me to keep producing these podcast episodes and it also allows other people to discover and try out the podcast and benefit from the content if they also find it useful. I hope you also consider subscribing to the podcast so you find out when new episodes come out. And I hope you join me for the next episode of the podcast where we'll talk about the physiological changes that occur in a woman during pregnancy.